0: From Toronto, Canada, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serring. And welcome to the Audio Imaginarium. Come on in weary traveler, hang your cloak on a peg, grab a stool, come gather round the fire. There are stories to be told and you are among friends. One of the most peculiar phenomenon I've ever delved into on this program has to do with something that has been dubbed the Mandela Effect, a curious instances in which many of us are certain we remember something a particular way, but it turns out we are incorrect. Uh, The name of the theory comes from many people feeling certain they could remember Nelson Mandela, Dying while he was still in prison back in the 1980s, and contrary to what many thought Mandela's actual death was December the 5th, 2013, despite some people claiming to remember seeing clips of his funeral on TV. Uh, but it's not just limited to Mandela's death, there are enough examples of people swearing they remember historical events, logos, commercial jingles, even the spelling of popular children's television shows, one way when it turned out to be something completely different. And there are a, num- a number of theories uh, as to why this is happening. Uh, some call it simple uh, misremembering, false memories. Others suggest it could be a parallel universe spilling into our own. Author Roy Horn has filled a book with examples ...of what is now called the Mandela Effect, and he'll join us in a few moments. There it is there, the Mandela Effect Ascension. A look ahead at uh, the the second hour of tonight's transmission. Canada's Edgar Casey, Dr. Douglas James Cottrell, will join us once again. He, uh, he wears many hats, of course, remote viewer, medical intuitive, clairvoyant, energy healer. He's been called the last of the sleeping prophets, like the great Edgar Casey. Douglas utilizes a, uh, a method of deep trance meditation, which allows him to access the Akashic field. And he's written about this previously in his book, Conversations with the Akashic Field. Let me hold that up for our YouTube viewers. I wrote the foreword. You might want to check that out some at, at some point. Anyway, Douglas is also, of course, a long-time contributor uh, to this program, dating back, oh my gosh, to my days... Uh, at another radio station here in Toronto back in the late 90s. We uh, actually knew each other previous to that when I was uh, a talk a talk show producer, and I booked Douglas on many shows. So he'll be along. We'll talk, no doubt, about earth changes and geopolitics, North Korea, Iran, what's in store. Just the world, let's face it, is just, uh there's so much tumult going on right now. Uh And we'll... Uh, We'll open up the phone lines and uh, take your calls with uh, Doctor Douglas James Cottrell. Right now, uh, just ahead of Roy Rayhorn, sorry, Roy Horn and uh, the Mandela Effect. Let me introduce the boys in the band. He's back on the uh, Gibson Flying V guitar. I- Ian Robertson. Ian had a bout with the flu and he had uh, all four wisdom teeth extracted. Uh, it's great to have you with us again, Ian. Thank you. You were missed. On the Rickenbacker bass guitar, and occasionally the theremin, the mysterious, Albert Venzel. And on the Hammond B3, Ryan White. Welcome all, gentlemen. And uh, just a reminder that we have set a goal of 10,000 subscribers for the Conspiracy Show YouTube channel. And uh, we are sitting on, uh, what is it? Uh, We're around, is it 6,000, Ryan? Just shy, yeah. We're just shy of 6,000? Come on, folks, let's, uh, let's um, hit that sub button and let's get that up to the uh, the 10,000 mark. All right, very quickly, remote viewers out there listening, here's your chance to strut your stuff. It's time for our weekly remote viewing experiment, What's in the Box?, where you attempt to transcend time and space and identify the object hidden from view in the cigar box here in studio. And uh, for the skilled remote viewer who correctly identifies the mystery object, a copy of Volume 2 of my Strange Planet CD will be uh, mailed out to you. Okay, here are your coordinates as per usual. The object is, again, hidden inside the cigar box to my left, here in studio at Zoomerplex, 70 Jefferson Avenue, in the Liberty neighborhood of Toronto, Ontario, Canada. All right, away you go. You must tweet your answers uh, to me, at Richard Serrett, T. Use the hashtag TCS Remote. Good luck to you all. All right. Uh, professional musician and truth seeker Roy Horn has been practicing Toltec dreaming for over four decades. The expansion of his consciousness has been the main focus of his life. The Mandela effect unhinged him. From space and time, and the resulting experiences are the focal point of his writings. Roy, welcome aboard the conspiracy show. How are you?
1: I'm doing great, Richard. Is that uh, y'all have that B3 in the studio with you?
0: <laughs> it is not. I know you're a musician. Uh, I, I sort of uh, I refer to them as the boys in the band, but I think uh, only as far as I know, only young Ian. Is the accomplished musician Albert? You don't play a musician, do you? or an instrument, do you? And um, and uh, how about you, young Ryan? Do you play an instrument? Oh, a little bit of piano here. Ah, oh, there. there you go. All right. So there is no Hammond B three in studio. Uh, oh, I was going to say
1: that's a dedication to sound to haul that around. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: when did this? When did the Mandela effect? Because this is a recent phenomena at least as it exists sort of online and and as when it went viral it goes back to about this you know 2010 fiona bloom blogged it but but did you know that was this gnawing at you before
1: 2010 um you know that's a good question and when i uh, look back on on uh, years past on on I catch myself wondering, there's so many things that got so odd and everything, but I, I really had not heard of it, um, until, uh, I, be- I became aware of it, let's say uh, March of 2016. Ah, okay. But I think uh, that at least a year and a half before that, uh, my life had gotten very strange. And I think I was probably going through this and didn't know it.
0: It's interesting that that the name the Mandela effect stuck. Where it could have been called the Berenstein Bear effect, it could have been called the Kit Kat effect, it could have been called the Oscar Mayer effect, and we'll we'll talk about all of those examples. Uh, what is it about for you? Was it was the Mandela funeral also kind of a, a landmark event?
1: Well, you know, not really. I mean, uh, I, I remember uh, Mandela dying in prison in the eighties. And then, uh, in what was it, 2013. Right. And, uh, and he died and, and I watched the, you know, the funeral and, television and it never even dawned on me. I mean, I really did not connect the dots. I didn't even sit there and think to myself, well, wait a minute. I really did not. And it wasn't until this, uh, other, I saw some examples of this and, and saw that they were, they were calling it the Mandela effect. And then I started reading it and I remembered, that long ago that I, that I did remember Mandela dying in prison, but it was, he wasn't it, that particular incident or him, it wasn't that big of a landmark thing for me. There are some that are just, you know, bizarre, and that's bizarre enough right there. Well, Hugh Hefner just dying. I remember him dying about 18 months ago.
0: Oh, really? Also. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Interesting. And And what do you say to people who dismiss this <laughs> as merely... Uh, misremembering, false memory, uh, for example. And here's one that, w- when we talk about the death of Nelson Mandela and some people remembering that it happened in the 1980s, people will bring up the name of Stephen Biko, who was another uh, sort of victim of uh, apartheid South Africa. He was, uh, in fact, sort of memorialized in in song by Peter Gabriel from um, former frontman of Genesis. And I think there was actually even a movie made about Uh, Stephen Biko, so this is—they'll throw that up and and suggest what you're remembering was the death of Stephen Biko in the 1980s, not Nelson Mandela. How do you respond to that?
1: (laughs) Well, it it depends on how far along you are in this process, because at first you—you know—you will—you defend yourself a lot, you and you know you and you try to find uh, corroborating evidence or, or even. You start picking people's brains because you you really want them um, to remember the way that you're remembering, and you would you know you would question this for sure if it wasn't that there were millions and millions of people that have the alternate memories that like I have. Although there are millions and millions that have memories that don't match mine, but don't match this either. It's quite a mismatch. But as far as memory, it's like a some things you could say this or a couple of things I, I I could probably misremember, but not all of this and and specific events that that I'm I know that I that I know, such as um, the Kennedy assassination. There are only four people in the um, limousine uh, in all of my memory. You know now there's six, uh, but that's a point that you know you just don't. After all these years and seeing that was a Pruder film for so many times and, and, and all about it, just no way that you would <laughs> misremember.
0: Right. Let me two just ask you. In the middle of that cl- yeah, just let me ask you about that because you, so you don't, as a, a child, and uh, uh, you don't remember Governor Connolly and his wife, Nellie Connolly, the First Lady of Texas, being in that middle row of seats. No, no. You don't. Okay. There was
1: a uh, a driver. And Connolly in the mm. front seat, and then the back seat. And there was only there was only two seater.
0: Ah. And
1: yeah, the Kennedys were in the back. Oh, seat. I see. And what's, the, and what's so different about that, Richard, is that um, you can actually you can go online and find this right now. But <laughs> that was uh, 1963, and right after that, uh, in probably early '64, uh, Look magazine uh, in the, on the inside of their magazine, they did a, an article on the henry ford museum and the picture that they chose from that museum was the limousine that that henry ford that the ford company built lincoln continental that they
0: built for that's right
1: yeah that and it's an exact mock-up uh i mean it's it, 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 a replica of that car In the Henry Ford Museum, and the picture's in there. (laughs) Look magazine, and it's only a two-seater. There you go.
0: Roy, got to step away for a quick timeout. We'll come back. The Mandela Effect Ascension. Roy Horn, right here on The Conspiracy Show. My name is Richard Serrett. Stay with us. You're listening to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Welcome back. Quick programming note. Next week on this transmission blockbusting uh, blockbuster um, author rabbi Jonathan Kahn he's got a new one out it's called paradigm and he will be with us for the full 2 hours uh, which is a big deal because he is in such high demand this is a guy that was asked several years ago to uh uh to speak at the uh, presidential prayer breakfast uh I, during I, I believe it was president obama's second term the beginning of his second term. Uh, and uh, Jonathan's a good friend and a good friend of the program, and so for him to spend the full two hours with us is a big deal, and we're we're happy to have him. Uh, right now, Roy Horn stays with us. We are talking about the Mandela Effect. Ascension is uh, the book, the Mandela Effect Ascension. Uh, let's just go through, I hate to call it a laundry list, but it, it's a long one, and uh, we won't get to all of them, obviously. Uh, uh, but, I mean... There are people in my live uh, chat on YouTube right now who are you know going back and forth about the Berenstein bears and uh, I have uh, you know young children we watch the Berenstein bears I don't remember it being the Berenstein bears, but I always just dismissed that as me misremembering but again, if it was just an isolated case of me and a few other people, but there are legions of people who remember. The Berenstein Bears, and it is not the Berenstein Bears. It's the Berenstein Bear Bears. Roy, it, there, if this is real, wouldn't someone have it on tape? Is there a VHS qual, a, a copy out there somewhere with the with the Berenstein Bears on it instead of the Berenstein Bears?
1: Well, yes, there are. <clears throat> that um, called residuals. We call it residual evidence, but and it shows up all the time there's uh somebody will find uh it started off by i think a lot of people searching old uh like tv guide or uh and to see how it was spelled and uh you can you 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 can find so much evidence it couldn't be (laughs) they couldn't have just misspelled that show or whatever because there was a television show that by that name but the um a lot, and a lot of people can uh, uh, have uh, evidence that they take uh, pictures of a um, eight track tape or something. Uh, not an eight track, but a, a VHS. Right. Uh, yes, <clears throat> you know, with uh, the cover still on it, with the the spelling the way that you and I remember it, not you, the
0: spelling. today. You, there's a name for this. You call it residuals.
1: Yeah, residual evidence, and I don't know who started that, but it. It's important because if things were exactly the way they are now, there would not be this, uh, digital evidence, uh, and basically that's what it is. Somebody has taken a picture or something, but, you know, uh, like the last time that we had talked, I talked about JCPenney.
0: Yes. And,
1: uh, P-E-N-N-Y has always been my reality. Now it's P-E-N-N-E-Y, but you can, you can search, uh, Google ads or, or Google, and you can look at um newspaper ads from back in the sixties and you'll find it, you know, spelt the way that P E N N Y. Uh, you'll find it spelt the other way too, but you'll find a whole bunch of it spelt the way that I remember it.
0: And but and this is close any to any home. To at all. This is close to home for you because was it your sister that worked for J C Penney?
1: Yeah, her very first job and I remember that quite well. It you know, it was kind of a uh so a, a big deal for her because it was her first job, and I, you know, I remember going in, uh, and seeing where she worked and stuff like that. It was it was kind of a big deal for her at a very very young age. But I remember how it was spelled.
0: The other one now, you see, I'm not with, you know, uh, with you or the others on Mandela because I remember I don't remember him dying uh, in the 1980s. I remember again Stephen Biko, uh, yeah. but. Here's the one that I am with you on, Um and that is Oscar Mayer. I mean, I grew up watching. I wish I was an Oscar Mayer wiener, and I remember my my wiener has a first name. It's O S C A R. My hot dog, or my wiener, has a last name. It's M E Y E R, not M A Y E R, but that is how it is spelled today. <laughs> right. So I'm with you on that one. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Well, hey, let me tell you this. Since the last time that we talked, mm-hmm. um, the, uh, uh, another one's popped up. And this just, I just learned about this one last week, so I don't really know how long it's been around. Cause I quit, I don't really search for these things anymore. But I do remember um, Mike Tyson biting the top uh, right ear off
0: of Evander
1: Holyfield. Uh, that was a big deal. Sure. Hell, only bit that ear off, spit it on the mat, and they called the fight. But if you look at it now, it not, didn't happen that way. Now, now in this reality, or whatever you want to call it, <laughs> uh, Tyson bites Holyfield on the right ear. They stop the fight, no blood or nothing. They take two points away from, from Tyson. This whole thing took about six or seven minutes. The referee was really mad. They took two points away from Tyson, which is a... A big deal in a championship fight. Right. They started the fight again, and Tyson bit him on the left ear, and they called the fight. No blood, no missing parts, and that's not the way I remember that.
0: No, I remember blood. Uh, I, s- I certainly <laughs> remember blood. Now, when you say this has just popped up, what do you mean? You've se- you've recently seen the fight on YouTube, or how did it pop up? I'll, uh,
1: uh, people, I'll see somebody talking about it on. Uh, on uh, YouTube or uh, or Facebook, there's a one Facebook uh, page or whatever I go to ever so often because that's all they do is just state people talk about uh, the new Mandela changes or whatever. And so I I saw this one last week. I don't go to the Facebook thing that often, but so it may have been been a while that's been up there, but I saw it last week.
0: The other one I wanted to mention to you was the was uh, Ford, the Ford Motor Company, and right. the the uh, the, uh, the logo of Ford, which apparently has never changed, ever, in the history. Lot of if Ford. you,
1: lot of you look at their their history. They say it's been that way since 1912. Right, but I don't remember. I I remember that in the capital S, um, the cross part of the F being a kind of. Not even, a, not, not a square thing, but almost a little banner looking. But now it's, uh, it's just straight across and, but on the inside of it, it's got a little curly cue like a pig's tail. Right. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> that is not for my reality. I grew up around Fords, worked on Fords. My dad owned Fords. I bought Fords. I, I, it just blows my mind that, you know, when you see that, you go, no, 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 that's not right. And so, you know, if you go online and you see that it's always been that way. Uh, but I pointed it out to a Ford dealer, and he—it it surprised him, and he—he he was a dealer.
0: Now, is there any residual evidence of the Ford logo the way you remember it? Do you have, a, for example, a photo of you in front of your one of your Ford vehicles with the with the old logo? I,
1: no, I do not. The people that I, the residual on the Ford that I've seen, you know, besides tattoos, <laughs> we won't count those. <laughs> but like, uh, I've seen it. Um, Done the correct way, n- not on a vehicle, but it would be in a an item that maybe a um, uh, uh, some kind of a salesman would carry it around or something instead of a real vehicle is on a model or something like that.
0: When you there's, say the correct probably, way, you mean the f sans serif, as we say, without the curly Q. Right.
1: right. I say the, but to me, that's still the correct way. That's, that's the
0: correct right. way. Okay, just so we define right. our terms here.
1: I'm not buying. I'm not buying into any of this. So. <laughs> When I say real, that's what it right, means right it, Although there is no reality anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Well,
0: that's interesting. There is no reality. Because you talk about how you became unhinged. Let's yeah. walk us through, how did that happen for you?
1: Well, for 40-something years, to make it very quick, I'd, I, had, I have had a, a
0: unbending
1: uh, intent on personal freedom through the raising of consciousness. I don't know why. I don't know why I was bent that way. Uh, A lot of things happened to me back in the early 70s with psychotropic drugs or or plants or whatever. But I've just always been bent that way. And I got into this um, basically Toltec Dreaming. That's how how I started. But you kind of have to forge your own way. But anyway, I was hung up. And when I say hung up, on, I was hung up on stopping the world because the reality that we know uh, what we're in, operating in right now is just formed uh, by the collective consciousness of the planet, but uh, more specifically by your internal dialogue. And if you can control the internal dialogue, which you learn through dreaming techniques, then if you can shut your internal dialogue off <clears throat> without going to sleep, you can stop the world. You can see. This world will melt away and you can see the real energetic world. Well, in order to do, uh, something with that, instead of just uh, viewing it, in, in order to uh, manipulate it or maneuver in it, um, you, you have to eliminate, uh, your belief system that is holding you grounded here. And part of the techniques that I was having trouble with, uh, and getting rid of this belief system was um erasing personal history and recapitulation and recapitulation is kind of like uh, releasing karma i guess you would say but it's it, it, i guess it's like reliving moments but actually reliving them and and letting it go yeah. it's, it's kind of a difficult thing to do but more harder than that is erasing personal history how do you do that what Everybody around you, you have a personal history with, and that very vibration of those thoughts holds you in place.
0: It sounds like you're talking about the Matrix that we are living in a in a digital simulation. Is that?
1: It's very close. But Mm -hmm. what the what the Mandela effect did, when I figured out that this is not where I'm from or whatever, uh, it released the uh, all of my past I guess it it did all that I've been trying to do it did it for me because I have no personal history here even though everybody that once around knows they know me forever I'm not this is not the reality or whatever but it it, it was just enough I guess with what I've been doing for 40 something years to stop the world and allow me to have a uh, several uh, visions of uh, uh, you know the true nature of reality and the energetic world that we actually live
0: in. So, at this point, you—it's almost as if you and legions of others have had this aha moment where they have caught who's ever sort of behind this. We've 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 caught them in their own act. We've caught a glitch here. Uh, are you are you at all interested in trying to dig up more of this residual evidence, or have you are you beyond that at this point?
1: Oh, I'm beyond that. Uh, the, what has, you know, happened, Richard, is the, we're in a cycle, I and mean, there's all kinds of cycles, but we're, we're at a very, um, a wonderful place to be because we're in a period in which, uh, what the old, the Totex and the people before the te- Totex, the Miocas, oh, they had these sons,
0: we should just, sorry for the interruption. Roy. We should point out the Toltecs were a civilization that lived in Central South America before, well before the Mayans and the Aztecs.
1: That's correct, and um, they had the sun cycles uh, pretty well nailed down. And so, what we're coming into is a new sun, and, then, and I'm I'm talking of consciousness, and that started around 2000, be totally in place uh, 2020. But during that time, the old sun, the old consciousness dies away. And in that period of time is much, much, uh, turmoil, m- wars and, uh, just crazy weather and people just being nuts. And that's the period of time that, that we're in right now. <clears throat> and so automatically the world at this, time, the collective consciousness starts waking up when these sun cycles happen and the control matrix falls away. So that's what's happening. The people that are experiencing the Mandela Effect, they're the, the veil, so to speak, the matrix is falling away. The, the, what's uh, difficult <clears throat> is that uh, the, the powers that be and, uh, and who controls them have known about this for eons and have prepared for this period of time, and we are in a period of time where the choice has to be made, you're going to be human and and evolve into the human world, or you're going to be transhuman and evolve to the human computer world.
0: Wow. Uh, why why would the Matrix sort of hang on? I, I know that's it's not an exact analogy, um, but let's work with that, because I think in terms of pop culture, that makes sense to a lot of people. Why would it all sort of rest on Things, pop, common pop culture references like Oscar Mayer Wiener or the Berenstain Bears or the Ford Motor Company logo. Why would it be something like that that grabs our, uh, you know, that, that whoever they are, uh, that are, they are sort of downloading this reality, why would, would they slip up on those sorts of things?
1: Well, I don't, I don't know that they're slipping up. You see, I think that, um, I think because um, because of what is naturally happening and as far as um, reality changing before our very eyes, um, I think that <laughs> they're so far ahead of what we can even dream that they are. And I do believe that uh by which we can get into later how they're in it, but that what they're what they're doing is a way of uh, Uh, to keep uh, people focused on that instead of the actual uh, spiritual consciousness change that is supposed to be happening. Ah,
0: I got you. right, listen, we'll uh, step away again for a moment and come back, discuss further the Mandela Effect Ascension with Roy Horn. The uh, results of our weekly remote viewing experiment is just moments away as well. What's in the box? Final reminder. Send your answers to me at Richard Serrett, S-Y-because-I-love-you-R-E-double-T. Use the hashtag TCS, remote TCS, as in The Conspiracy Show. Different views make great conversation. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Welcome back. Roy Horn is here. We are talking about the Mandela Effect. His book is called The Mandela Effect Ascension. We'll get back to that conversation momentarily. Just a reminder, coming up in hour two, the man with X-ray eyes, Canada's Edgar Casey, Dr. Douglas James Cottrell will be here. Uh, this is not his latest, but this is a, a previous book called Conversations with the Akashic Field. You may want to check that out. You can uh, purchase that through Douglas's website, douglasjamescottrell.com and a uh, funny thing i wrote the forward there you go all right it is time for our uh results for our weekly remote viewing experiment what's in the box let's go quickly as per usual around the horn and uh, Albert you're a little r- or uh, rather ian i know you're you may be a little rusty you've been uh <laughs> you've been sick and so forth uh, but uh what do you think is in the box uh, as soon as you brought it up at the beginning of the show today i saw keys Keys. Yeah, a set of keys. All right. And uh, Albert? Uh, I think you slightly gave it away earlier when we were at the pub. We were talking about the Harvey Weinstein scandal. So I, I, I got a ping from the universe that it would be like an Academy Award statue. <laughs> Interesting. I think we did that one already. We did the Academy It's Award. a recurring, <laughs> a ah, recurring it's a object. Repeat. All right. <laughs> okay. And uh, Ryan? I only saw salt like the ocean. Salt, like yeah, the ocean. Like a seashell or something. All right. And but, what, are the, what, are, what are our friends in the uh, uh, online saying? Uh, yes, yeah, some some interesting sites. A couple people have guessed a compass. Billy's guessed
1: a compass. Alien Babel sees a book. Uh, Daniel, a screwdriver, drew something Egyptian. Ed sees a cigar. YY sees pink scissors or a green cube. Uh, Mojo thinks there's a frog. Uh, Dar a baseball, Scott in orange, uh, Michael in orange as well, a
0: plastic toy, Antha DVD, Kyle another compass, and Clancy sees a candle. All right, I have to say, Albert, you're close. Uh, it's not an Academy Award, but I, I noticed when I was monitoring the the live chat on uh, on you on the YouTube channel that uh, someone was um, sort of riffing on the whole of Mandela effect. And uh, mentioned something about you know does he does Roy remember or does anyone remember an alternate universe when the Leafs won the Stanley Cup or something to that effect, and here we are, the Stanley Cup with the Toronto Maple Leaf insignia on it. Uh, so there you go. So Albert kind of in the ballpark, not an Academy Award, but it is in fact a Stanley Cup. Can we see that on the YouTube? There we go. All right. Now I'm not sure who what that was in the uh, the YouTube channel, but it was not an official. Uh, an official guest, so but he was uh, he was on to something, obviously. All right. Uh again, just a reminder, Douglas Cattrell coming up in the second hour. Let's get back to our conversation just for a few moments. This is a short segment. Roy Horn stays with us, the Mandela effect. Just give us a a couple of others uh here that that are mentioned in the book. You mentioned J C Penny, we mentioned Ford, Oscar Mayer. we mentioned the Berenstein Bears, of course. Is there another one uh you mentioned the the, uh, the presidential limousine, the Kennedy limousine, there were only, you remember, four people in the limousine, which would be the president, the first late Governor Connolly, and the limo driver. Uh, any others, Roy, that to leap immediately to mind?
1: Well, besides just uh, logos and stuff, uh, world geography. The whole uh, geography is totally different.
0: Ah, uh, yes, uh, I remember this now, yeah.
1: <laughs> South America is 1,500 miles too far east. And when you pull that up like that, it makes, um, uh, Panama kind of uh, tilt through the east and it kind of, and it pulled, uh, Mexico. It, and uh, what I'm getting at is now Cuba, uh, was not that close to the Yucatan. And now it's as close to the Yucatan as, uh, as it is to, um, uh, uh, Key West or Miami or wherever,
0: and you're remembering uh, what your 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 public school days studying an atlas or a globe or what do you re- what's right. your reference point?
1: Yeah, you know uh, what I've always known just from you're right from geography what has been put in front of me, and incidentally I have no way of knowing, you know I don't I, I'm not a I can't uh, map out the world so I'm just showing what they see now. But here is the field. like I have um, a globe rather large globe that I've had for many years, and it changed. The um, My personal own globe is different. I remember, like, Chile being north and south lining up uh, with Texas, and now it's way, way far east. Um, Australia used to be down under. You couldn't get there from here. And <laughs> it was a hard place to get to. But now it's you can hit Indonesia with a rock from uh, Australia, which changes everything because it changed history in this in where we are now. And I'll tell you why. The uh, Midway Island was a an island halfway between uh, Hawaii and Guam. Very important in World War II. Sure, sure. Well, in this reality, Midway is part of the Hawaiian chain. Well, if that happened. In my the old reality that I knew, when uh, MacArthur left the Philippines, he went to Midway. Uh, and there wouldn't be no need for Midway if uh, Australia was as close to Indonesia as it is in, in the present day. And that's exactly what happened. Right, right. Uh, according now, uh, MacArthur did not go to Midway. MacArthur went to Australia. And they could do all their bombing runs from Australia. They didn't need to have that. Midway, you know, p- halfway between uh, uh, Hawaii and Guam, but you... Midway being part of the Hawaiian chain just just blew my mind. And it, and and I, that's and I, I thought, well, that what does that do to history? And that's when I looked it up, and sure enough, it, you
0: you state totally that you in, it. in the dedication to your book that you wrote this for your two sons because you wanted to explain to them what was going on. Uh, what yeah. do your two sons think of? what dad is on about these days
1: well well you know they're cool boys they're they're 30 years old the twins and uh they've <laughs> you know they've seen they they know that they have a, an unusual father i've never been in a society i would have been you know i was the little league baseball coach and the football coach and very active in church
0: that was before peyote and, uh,
1: <laughs> no, no, no. This was a, much after.
0: Oh, okay. But
1: I did a, a, yeah, I, actually, peyote was back in the early 70s. Oh, ah, okay. A, and then uh, never again. Um, you know, for about an 18-month period. Uh, but uh, doing it the, the correct way. not Right, not right, no, right. No,
0: I wasn't being glib. I just, um, that was... Oh,
1: I understand. But my boys, and they know all about all of that, too, but they understand that i that, uh that that I'm a different person than what the the society and everybody sees.
0: All right, we'll uh, take another time out, Roy. We'll come back and uh, continue to discuss the Mandela Effect. And uh, we'll also tell you how to get a copy of the book, meascension.com, the website. Back with more of my conversation with Roy Horn. Stay with us. Shaking the World and seeing what falls. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarratt. Welcome back. Roy Horn stays with us. The Mandela Effect Ascension, and the website is meascension.com. Meascension.com. We've uh, linked up to Roy's website at uh, our Conspiracy Show website. Just click on Roy's name, and that'll take you right there. Uh, I, I'm looking again at the uh, the live chat on YouTube, and someone mentioned, it just jumped out at me, the, uh, the, the tank... Tank man at Tiananmen Square. Uh, so, what's the misremembering there? This was the, uh, the this brave individual that um, was staring down a tank uh, in Tiananmen Square during that brief uprising, uh, which I believe was in was that 1989, something like that. Uh, what's the misremembering there, Roy?
1: Well, I believe, and I keep saying this reality that uh, he he does not die. And in my former reality, he does not die either. Uh, but there are a lot of people in which they say that he was run over. I believe I'm correct in, in saying here he, he was not. Right?
0: No, he was what not. Do re- I, no, I didn't. He was not. I, I remember someone grabbing him and dragging him off.
1: Right. I, I remember. I remember him not dying. Also, see that's what's strange. Uh, there'll be somebody who will have exact memories that I have. Uh, on, on all the logos and the Kennedy and everything, but then they'll remember him dying and I'll, and I will not. Right. And so it's like, uh, it's very bizarre. Uh, but it's, it really, uh, what it comes down to is frequency. We live in a electromagnetic environment and it's all frequency and, um, that this, this thing that we're in right now is just a hijack of uh, collective consciousness by uh, artificial intelligence that they've had probably since the 50s, and uh, the hijack part of it is uh, the Mandela affected, and uh, that's basically is what it is. We the, the multiverse uh, uh, is is real. And uh, it's very hard to uh, to fathom and, and explain, but it is real, and, and they they know that. And uh, this is just a, it's a, a basically a little a little uh, trap along the way, I guess you would say, to keep people from. Uh, evolving the way they should be at this time.
0: Right. They're, it's almost that like they're dropping these little clues, hoping someone will take notice, and then we're all left chasing our tails, totally wrapped up in it, right. the same way we were with the Warren report in 64, the same way we're wrapped right. up in trying to figure out what brought down the Twin Towers. Meanwhile, we're missing the big picture.
1: Well, let me ask you this, Richard. Yes. How many buildings do you remember falling that day,
0: 9-11? I remember uh, at le- at le- Three. Three.
1: I do, too, but you need to go look at that now. All of them did. One through seven now in this reality collapsed. Uh, and so I remember three, you know, one and two and then building, <laughs> miraculously
0: seven, seven by itself. Right.
1: But not, not in this reality. You should go look now. You see, that's what's so different, because uh, the Mandela effect, and, and everybody thinks uh, that it's uh, – Set in stone, but it's not. It keeps changing. I've seen the Flintstone, F L I N T, change to Flint stone without the T, back and forth four or five times now. Really? And, uh, yes. And so.
0: Is there residual evidence uh, of that? Do we have an old Hanna-Barbera version without the oh, T? Oh,
1: there's a bunch of it, but because it's flipped back and forth uh, so many times, I would imagine there's a lot of residual evidence for that, but, um, because this is not like uh, a solid reality that has its own parameters or rules, like the one that we came from. This one's ever changing. Right. Because uh, all of the Mandela effect been going on, going on. But I guarantee you, three months ago, if you asked somebody if Tyson bit off Holyfield's ear, they'd say yes, and I would too. But that same person, who was not affected by the Mandela effect, will question it now. If you tell them that, they'll. They, they, more than likely will think that they've just misremembered the, the right. Tyson fight.
0: And of course, Roy, and, what we are doing now is we are falling into the trap. We are doing exactly what they right. want us to do. Um, right. I wanted to ask you though about the Hopi Indians and and uh, what, how does this line up with Hopi prophecy, if at all? Because you mentioned uh, a Hopi elder on the back of the book of the Mandela Effect Ascension. What does it have to do with the Hopi prophecies? The,
1: the, the Hopi, there's a prophecy rock, thousands of years old, and this it nails this totally. You can pull it up and look at it. But it's a it, it shows uh, stick figures and one of them is a great spirit. And, one, and then there's a cube. Very interesting. You can get talking about cubes forever, but Two lines out of the top, one out of the top of the cube, one out of the bottom. One out of the bottom is natural men. One out of the top is the lost, which is what we are to them. And at the very end is a man with two heads. They call it the man with two hearts. And it looks like a bolt of lightning going up in the sky, which they say is the unknown. But right there, that is the Mandela effect. Right there is a straight line down to the, the path which, uh, natural man should be living. And that where well, that line comes down is right before the third and last great earth shaking, which is coming up. And the Hopi are um, guardians of humanity. They're uh, they actually they actually are. It's a very, it's something that's just tremendous. And their um, their prophecies uh, come from within and, uh, instead of from. Uh, uh an um, influence from out, from outside. It's they're very very uh spiritual people.
0: I want to come back to the uh, the Toltec dreaming um, and and um how did you how did you well, first of all again what how does this Toltec dreaming work and then how did you learn how to do it?
1: Well, there's you <laughs> the um uh, uh the same people that, that I learned, um, uh, that for 18 months that I did these certain, uh, peyote experiences and I was being, uh, instructed during those experiences. And, but anyway, it's from them that I learned the dreaming techniques and what, what the deal is we live in a duality, but we ignore one of the biggest parts of it, which is our nighttime dream. Uh, while, during our waking hours is just our daytime dream, but it's still a dream at night. During our nighttime dream, is the just as real as our daytime reality? The dreaming techniques are more than just lucid dreaming, uh, which is just waking up in your dream. And you hear people all the time say, you know, oh, lucid dreaming—you can go where you want to go and you can fly—but that's it's very doesn't really have anything to do with anything. Uh, waking up within your dream, uh, lucid dreaming is only part of it creating an energetic body that you can utilize in your dreams uh is the second part uh of our lives there's this part that we're conducting now and then there's that part and then merging the two is where intuitive knowledge comes from you no longer uh, you, you don't read books or i don't i can't you know study anymore because i don't need any of that i don't need mankind's interpretation of anything anymore I, I just rely on uh, intuitive knowledge. And but then, that the, comes...
0: then the goal then is, if if you are to if you are able to wake up in your nighttime dream, uh, then the key is, I guess, for all of us, the ultimate goal is to be able to wake up in our daytime dream, which we which we mistake for reality.
1: Oh, there you go. You just nailed it. Ding dong. That's it.
0: Ding dong. That's it. And out. and
1: you can, and the, what's keeping you from that is your the belief system that's been. Instilled in you and that you, that you hold on to and you don't, know, you accept that the world's around because everybody told you it's around, but you don't know. You have no way of knowing. Uh, you just accept that fact. Well, you gotta, and very quickly, I, I explain it this way. There's, there's the truth and it's a light. And if that light comes through your living room, uh, uh glass and hits your hardwood floor, there you go. But if it comes through stained glass and hits the floor, there's all different kinds of uh, of colors and uh, patterns. That's your filter in your brain. The truth coming to you can't get to your heart because of your belief system. So you have to kick out all those stained glass. You have to get rid of all that belief system until the truth is more than the stained glass. And then your heart, uh, intuitive knowledge comes through your heart. It is not uh, knowledge from man. It is nothing that man can teach you. Uh, and that knowledge, by the way, has come to you for a long time, but you might not know how to uh, manifest it in this reality, and that's what the dream state is for. The dream, dream state helps you um, uh, manifest that intuitive knowledge in this dream state, the tanal and the novel. We're in the tanal right now, but when I go to sleep, I'll be in the novel.
0: Fascinating, and uh, I'm so glad that we finally were able to address this issue on the program. Uh, we've sort of talked around it for years, and uh, finally we were able to dedicate an entire hour. Thank you so much for this, Roy. How do people get a hold of the Mandela Effect Ascension?
1: Well, the the, the website is uh, m e like Mandela Effect Ascension dot com. And but it's also you know wherever books are sold or whatever. But I think that's your best deal if you do it there. You can get it for the best price.
0: All right. I seem to remember the Mandela effect being effect being spelled with an A. But that that could just be me. I'm I'm kidding, of course. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Again, thank. No,
1: it's the effect that affects you.
0: That's right. right?
1: (laughs) Roy, thank you. Always, always been a joy.
0: A pleasure, Roy. Thank you so much. Right. All right. All right. Bye-bye. When we come back, Douglas James Cottrell, conversations with the Akashic Field and more, plus your phone calls, geopolitics, earth changes, you name it. That's all in the future with Canada's Edgar Casey. Stay right here.